0: All right, friends. Welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio nine thirty W B E N, and uh, like everybody uh, listening to this show, uh, Josh, did you say it was eight, eight or ten? What eight. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, little inside stuff there. Uh, like like you, this is the last thing that I expect that that we would be talking about today on uh, W B E N, and when you think about. Everything, the collective trauma that we have experienced over and over again in the last year, it is really quite remarkable. And I'd like to believe that it has brought our community closer together. There's always going to be outliers who are scumbags, and we can't do anything about that. But for most of us, we're all right. And, you know, it seems very trite now in light of what has happened Since then, in many respects, but the 13-second game was an absolute nightmare. You remember how you felt after the 13-second game? The same as I felt. It was just a devastating loss for the Buffalo Bills fans. And whether you are long-term or bandwagon person, it hurt. Then, real pain when we had an outsider come to our area And commit a domestic, racist, terrorist attack that killed 10 people on May 14th. That was beyond a gut punch to this community. It was an intentional act of monstrous barbarism. Just a few days ago, we had the blizzard of 22, which left dozens of people dead And that is followed a few days later by what happened last night during Monday Night Football with DeMar Hamlin. We have been through a lot together. I think we we have had, for our size as a metropolitan area, we have had more than our fair share of events that have been very difficult to deal with. Obviously, some involving life and death, some involving nature, some involving a monster. Uh, Some involving football, two of them involving football, which, let's be honest with each other, is pretty big around here. Um, Last night, Brian Mazurowski was at the stadium in Cincinnati. And this morning, Brian Mazurowski joined Susan Rose on A New Morning. Tim Wanger alluded to this earlier when he was bringing us up to speed on the prayer vigil that was held outside of Highmark Stadium earlier this afternoon, which was put together by Jill Kelly and others. But this is uh, Brian Mazurowski from This Morning telling us what it was like inside the stadium.
1: Coverage of the hit to DeMar Hamlin is continuing right here on WBEN. WBEN's Brian Mazurowski is joining us right now from Cincinnati, He was at the game last night. Brian, I was thinking about you as this was unfolding. You were one of more than 70,000 fans in that stadium. What was this like?
2: Um, I I think the two words that I keep coming back to is just uh,
1: confusion
2: and shock, I guess would be the other one. Because for, I was just telling Joe, for, you know, most of, That entire thing playing out, nobody really knew what was going on. Um, You know, we we really had no idea um, was it an ankle injury? You know, was it nobody had um, really the slightest clue for a while that um, exactly how serious this was? And then once words started kind of filtering out, and even from way up at the top of the stadium, you could begin to see, you know, just how players were reacting differently, um, you know, than what you are used to seeing with an injury on the field. Um, I think then everyone was kind of stunned. And, uh, you you know, the mood, you could definitely tell once word got out about this being serious, um, you know, life-threatening maybe. Uh, No one really knew, but uh, you can kind of – see that go through the stadium and, you know, what was uh, a fun, raucous time uh, it really turned into just a, an eerie quiet in, in that big stadium.
1: I, I'm sure. I mean, when the ambulance came out onto the field, I mean, maybe at that point, did the heaviness of the situation start to, to play out for you?
2: It, it, you know, that is the weird thing. And I was uh, texting some people last night about this. I, even then, I, I don't think so. Um, and as strange as that sounds, because you are in some ways used to seeing it. it it's happened before. It happened before the season in the Bills game at home, the home opener, and you're kind of used to everything playing out. And still, at that point, you, you know, don't know. Did he hurt his knee? Did he, you know? It could be something like that. Uh, that that would bring that out um, even at that point uh, without really knowing what was going on. I, you still didn't have a good grasp of the severity of the situation. I think it was after the ambulance left uh, word started or right about that time is when, um, you know, it kind of filtered out through people that. Get collapsed on the field. Um, and that this was – and then you kind of saw it on the field with how the players were reacting, uh, exactly how serious this would be. So I I think it was around that time, you know, right after it left that you started to kind of, uh, you know, switch that from the the confusion to, wow, um, you know, what's going on here? Is everything all right? Uh, Because up until that point, uh, like I said, it was – I hate to say it's normal, but it's something you've seen before, and you're kind of used to things being all right after. Uh, But then all of that became a serious question.
1: And then it seemed to take so long, right, from the suspension of the game to the postponement of the game.
2: We really didn't know in the stadium what was happening. You heard uh, there was a few people with phones who were, Uh, listening in to the TV broadcast or uh, what was being said there about what was going on with the game. There was a message saying that the game was suspended until further notice on the big video board. And it, it took a long time from that. And that was the only communication until an announcement was made in the stadium that the game would be postponed for the rest of the evening. And it, in that you know time period, there was a moment where it looked like the game was going to restart. Uh, players came out onto the field, and there were a few of them that began stretching uh, out on the field and you know doing a, a little warm up. And I'm kind of looking like, oh wow, I guess they're playing the game. And uh, my friend sitting next to me was just kind of like shaking his head. Uh, looking at the sideline, saying, "I, you can't make these guys play. Um, that's just the, the looking at the situation. And that lasted maybe a, a minute or so before everyone kind of went back onto the sideline. The players went into the tunnel. And then everybody in the stadium was kind of waiting to see exactly what would happen. And at that point, like I said, learning – a little bit more about what had happened on the field because it, it did take a while. You know, quickly your attention shifts from is this game going to happen to, oh, wow, um, you know, there's a, a player fighting for his life here, a man fighting for his life that uh, it, it's, I think, kind of stunned a lot of people.
1: Right. I mean, uh, it quickly turned into this life or death situation the thing that i noticed watching this on tv was just how quiet the stadium was the longer this played out
2: and it it was so eerie because it was only a few minutes before that it was so loud and the entire day was so loud and you know Susan running through um i early on uh, monday morning you know ran from where we're staying uptown, uh, down to where the stadium is, and around the stadium, and you're, you know, high-fiving Bills fans along the way, and every Bengals fan is uh, yelling something at you on the way to, and every, everyone here in Cincinnati was great. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the fans were tremendous. They're great people. They, uh, you know, welcomed us. It was a, a whole lot of fun in the lead up to the game, because. Uh, Everyone was happy for one another. Um, you, you know, we were happy to be in this big game. Uh, everyone was in a great mood, it seemed. Uh, there was, you know, really no negativity at all. Any back and forth was all good-natured, and that carried over into the game. It was loud. People were screaming. It was, it, And then it all came kind of crashing down, um, you know, from that high to... Wow, and uh, walking out of that stadium was uh, obviously much different than the walk-in where everyone was getting amped up for a game just, uh, what, 20 minutes before? And then uh, a long, long walk out of that stadium that was uh, done mostly in silence. Uh, You know, all these people filing out, walking down this long ramp to get out and – It still even there. There were a few people talking about what was going on. Uh, I think still a few people had no idea the severity of the situation. Uh, There was still a lot of confusion, but aside from that, it it was pretty silent.
1: Yeah, stunning to hear you say all that. You know, going from the you know biggest Monday night game really ever for the Bills to a side of football that nobody wants to see.
2: And, And. I still, I, you know, I, I, I'm sitting here, uh, my brother, a, a couple friends, and I, I think we're still trying to exactly figure out what was going on, you know, as, as everyone else is, um, you know, what exactly happened. Um, we didn't really see the, the play on the field. We, it, it, the whole thing was, I think, shocking to every single person in that stadium. And I, I still think it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of in disbelief. That, you know, that what you just said, you know, this big event just all of a sudden turned into something that didn't happen and a a life and death situation playing out right in front of your eyes that you never would have expected.
0: That is uh, WBEN's uh, Brian Mazarowski, who was at Pecor Stadium last night, earlier today with WBEN's Susan Rose on a new morning. Um, very, very riveting. And uh, unfortunately, have nothing new to tell you about the condition of uh, Damar Hamlin, other than he remains in critical condition. Um, and if you watched the telecast last night, um, I, I, you know... It, in, in a situation like that, you've got people who are prepared to call a football game. You don't have people who are prepared to pivot from being a sports anchor, commentator, color man, play-by-play, to basically being news journalists reporting on a major story. But I, I have to tell you, um, Joe Buck, with whom I worked uh, in St. Louis at KMOX, and Troy Aikman, Along with uh, Lisa Salters, I thought they did a magnificent job. I really did. They were put in a situation they were not expecting. We've all been there, we've all done that. And uh, those three I thought were terrific. And the most, some of the most poignant coverage of all was uh, back at the studio in, in New York City with uh, Susie Colbert, Booger McFarland and uh, Adam Schefter. And, you know, Booger was so clearly, visibly shaken by what he and we had all witnessed. It was very difficult to watch. And watching the body language of those three, in particular Booger, I'm not going to lie to you, I had the feeling that they know something that they're not going to tell us because they're concerned about not having next-of-kin notified. I thought for sure, I, I and uh, this is just—I I can only tell you what I thought based on interpreting the body language. I, I thought for sure that DeMar Hamlin had died on the field as I looked at the body language, in particular of Booger, uh, but also Adam— and, uh, and, Susie, I, I thought for sure that we had just seen a man die on the field and turned on our sister station, WGR 550. And I don't recall because, as you know, it was a very stressful situation. We didn't know. The game, see, at that point, the game did not matter. The the, the game didn't matter. Did, did Did anybody think they were going to start playing the game again? I, I Because... When you saw the look on Josh Allen's face, he's covering his nose. All you see of his face is his eyes watering up. When you saw Stephon Diggs, when you saw all the guys on the sideline, they were in a state of shock. There was a moment where Stefan Diggs looked like he was trying to rally the troops. But I think shortly thereafter, he was told... Hey, we're talking about cardiac arrest here. And his demeanor, Stefan Diggs's demeanor shifted on a dime from rallying the troops, trying to keep everybody's morale up and spirits up, to realizing that there was more going on here than a football game. And I don't blame Stefan Diggs one bit. Stefan Diggs is a leader, and that is what you expect of your leaders. And Stefan Diggs, um, I believe, if I understand correctly, he was the first to get to the hospital. He Ubered. And then at one – that well, that's what I've heard. If that's incorrect, somebody can tell me. But at one point later on in the coverage, you saw a shot of the hospital, University of Cincinnati Medical Center. You saw a shot of the hospital, and you saw one of the Bill's teams uh, team buses in front of the hospital along with an ambulance, if it was the same one that was used to transport Mr. Hamlin. I do not know. But getting home from what had been a very celebratory party with, you know, the people with whom I usually watch football. We've got a very tight group of a lot of friends. Um, One of them was a nurse. And uh, she said, watching this whole thing unfold, she, she knew immediately, based on her experiences, that we were probably witnessing cardiac arrest She expressed some concerns about hypoxia, a lack of oxygen, and turning over to our sister station, for the first time, I heard somebody use the words uh, commotio cortis, or commodio cortis, depending on the Latin pronunciation, uh, to describe what we had just seen, a shot to the heart that screwed up the rhythm of the heart and sent it into fibrillation. Uh, It was just... A horrible, horrible moment. Uh, If you want to share what you were doing during last night's uh, during last night's tragedy on the field, uh, we will certainly take your telephone calls. You know, we all have stories of what we were doing during these mass witnessed events, and you know, for all the wrong reasons, we're all going to remember what we were doing the night the Bills played the Bengals, and. All we can do now is hope and pray that we're able to get some good news about DeMar Hamlin. That is the only thing that matters. Ordinarily, Sports Station be talking about, hey, the upcoming game with New England. Hey, how about the Bengals game last night? That has all fallen by the wayside, like a snake shedding its skin on the side of the road. And... The priorities are just totally different than they ordinarily would be after a Monday night football game. Uh, it's one of the most remarkable a- and tragic things you're ever going to see, deeply affecting all of us. 803-0930, Star 930, and one 616 wben You know, uh, Buffalo is going to have uh, a lot of blue lights tonight to... Pray and hope for DeMar Hamlin. Cincinnati is doing it as well. And that's a story that's being reported on Fox. And, uh, you know, folks, um, there are certain moments where fans of competing teams come together and organizations come together. And last night was absolutely the best of the best. I I don't have the words to describe my feelings watching the Cincinnati Bengals fans behave in the beautiful way in which they acted. Don't have the words to describe Joe Burrow and Cincinnati's head coach coming over to talk with the Buffalo Bills, the conference with Sean McDermott, and That's one of the things that had me so concerned was that Sean McDermott, when talking with the officials and the Cincy head coach, he had his hands over his mouth. He was trying to prevent people from reading lips. And I thought for sure that it was a fatality. And it was just really troublesome to watch. And the look on Sean McDermott's face. But the way both of those coaches got together and said, this game is not going to continue tonight was. Absolutely amazing. Now, it's still unclear as to whether the NFL was pressuring them to play the game. It's Monday night football. There's gambling revenue. There's advertising revenue. It's unclear. But when you heard Sal Capaccio talking about both head coaches being on the phone with the league offices, um, that was a special moment. We only hope that it has a happy ending for the man at the center of everything, Demar Hamlin, number 3. And the uh, just folks, sports can be ugly, it can be violent, fans can be ugly and violent. Last night the fans of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Bengals organization showed what class is all about. It's you know, it's one of the most beautiful things you're ever going to see in the world of sport wasn't a soccer riot it wasn't a melee it was human beings all getting together to pray for the health of a fallen buffalo bill with cardiac arrest let's go to charles in portchester the home of the capitol theater on wben hello Hello, long time, Tom. Thanks as always for taking my
3: call. Of course, um, I've been listening all day, and I wanted to just making me recall my own two CPR um, experiences I had to give not too long after I became certified. And it's people were asking me all day when I told them, and they said, "What's it like?" "What's it like?" I said, "Well, you don't even think about it; you just do it." It's like I wasn't afraid. I I knew I wasn't going to lose the guy. I don't know why. I had No business thinking that. I'm not a medical. I'm a teacher, so I'm not a medical professional. But I, and both of them survived, and and. Um, one was at a bar mitzvah, the other one, I was photographing a bar mitzvah, and you think with all the all the wealthy people in Bedford, you know, New York, uh, not one person got up to help. I, I, that astounded me. So I was there, the photographer, getting CPR until the Bedford PD came and took over. And then the other one was at a funeral. Oh. And somebody just had a seizure, and they—I mean, cardiac arrested. It's really true what they say about people turning purple and the death rattle. Both times, looking back, I was more scared. But while you're doing it, you just go into the zone and you just do it. And uh, I just wanted to share that with you. It was very uh, satisfying knowing I saved two – well, helped to save two lives anyway.
0: Well, I mean, it's a demonstrated fact in every single profession that you perform as you are trained. David Bellavia has talked about it being a soldier. Um, People have talked about it in terms of first aid. People talk about it in terms of athletic competition. And it's absolutely right. You play as you are trained. And that's why it is so important to continue training. I mean, I know nobody likes in-service training. It's always one of those pain-in-the-butt kind of things. But Mm -hmm. it really does come in handy. And our caller earlier, who educates people about CPR, made reference to the idea that uh, every, what, three months is the optimum to make sure that everybody's able to function as clear as clearly as you were able to function when you were most needed in the two times you've had to administer CPR, um, I, I have not had to do it myself. I came very close to having to administer the Heimlich maneuver on uh, my brother oh, yeah. who has, has since died. But uh, frankly, there was no trepidation, there was no fear. I knew exactly what had to be done, and uh, fortunately, he was able to cough it up before I was able to get to him. But uh, I wasn't gonna, well, I wasn't gonna let him die, you know.
3: Yeah, right? <laughs> well, thanks to the Forchester Public Schools, and I'm sure every other public school in New York State probably makes you have the training as well. And we have AEDs in our hallways. So, you know, it's good to be a teacher sometimes. You, you learn more than you, you expect to, to learn.
0: Sometimes. Well, those AEDs are very important because one of the things we've learned uh, today about uh, Commodia Cordis is the idea that uh, the, biggest aid, the biggest risk group uh, is around a 14-year-old male because the chest cavity is not as developed as it would be in an adult male, therefore making them extra susceptible to being hit by a baseball, a lacrosse ball. Is that what you call a thing in lacrosse, a ball? I'm not sure. I should look that up. But, well, and the thing about it is, and, and you know, the, the reason you, you kept hearing people saying, well, this is a one in a million thing. It is a one in a million thing because it has to be just the right amount of impact at precisely – the moment where the heart is in a certain um, uh, uh, place in its electrical journey. Uh I'm glad. Thank you for saving uh, the lives you saved, Charles. Thank you for your story. Thanks. Did you, to you really quickly? Did you watch the game last night? Did you see this unfolding yeah, yeah. live? Yeah, I was,
3: I was actually doing schoolwork. I was grading, and I, all of a sudden, I looked up and happened to see the play as it happened. Did look back down again? Just oh, another ankle injury, or another? I don't mean to be cavalier about it, but no. I just thought it was like a bot, you know. And then all of a sudden, within minute, not what half a minute, I started putting everything down and watching because I could hear the voices of the announcers, and I saw the looks, like you said, on the on both sidelines, like oh. Then they replayed it at least one time or twice. And I saw the way he went down, and that's exactly how the Red Cross shows you in the videos. It was mm-hmm. like a, they called it a cardiac crumble, and that's exactly what it looked like.
0: Yeah, cardiac crumble. Um, y- y- you're right. And Mrs. Nerd is very observant; she caught it right away. I did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nurse in the room immediately. Um, After seeing the replay, uh, she knew exactly what it was because it's like anything else. When you're watching a game, uh, you're involved in talking with your friends, grabbing a snack, a drink. Um, But uh, no, I mean, the nurse mentioned cardiac immediately and expressed uh, concerns about hypoxia uh, very quickly. Um, but we yes. don't we don't know yet in what condition uh, Damar Hamlin is in or what his prognosis uh, is going to be because we don't know for how long uh, he was deprived of enough oxygen to prevent damage to his heart or his brain. We don't know. Well, we're all praying from down here in Westchester and the city and everything.
3: So just know that we're thinking of you
0: guys. Uh, is, is New York City lighting up any uh, buildings in blue tonight? No like city. since he I'm
3: is I'm, I'm working in Brooklyn now, and I was commuting home tonight, and I looked out. And I couldn't see the Empire State Building. We just it was pea soup tonight
0: uh, oh.
3: with fog, so I, I couldn't see. But I guarantee you, it's going to be blue within a day. I'm sure.
0: Well, uh, so that'll be awfully nice. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Charles. I appreciate the call. Thanks, Todd. Take care, man. Uh, let's go now on W B E N to a gentleman who is uh, frequently on this radio station as a uh, our go to fill in guy on News Radio 930 W B E N who. Uh, worked during the blizzard of 22, a very memorable Friday night drive in and from the radio station. My brother and longtime football fan, longtime fan of the Buffalo Bills, Dick Bowerly. Hey, uh, Dick, thanks. Thanks so much for calling in. And I don't know if you've been listening to the show today, but um, what what were you doing last night? And, and what were you thinking and feeling as all of this stuff was playing out before our very eyes?
4: Uh, I would have to say, Tom, it was it was shock a little bit at a time uh, we've seen I have seen a lot of football injuries where somebody goes down and then they go to commercial and then they come back from commercial and nine times out of ten, nineteen times out of twenty, you see the the person you know walking off the field uh, you know usually uh, with assistance. Well last night, when they came back from that first commercial uh, break right after the injury occurred. Nothing changed except there was a circle of Bills players looking totally distraught. And I I mentioned to Mary, I said, something is very, very wrong here. Then the announcers talked for a couple of minutes, and they went back to another commercial break. They came back again. Nothing had changed. The scene was still very morose, very, very sad. And I I agree with you. Uh, Joe Buck and Aikman and the folks back at the ESPN studios, I mean, I thought they were put in a very untenable situation, and I thought they all handled it uh, incredibly well. Ryan Clark, uh, who I, I thought was Absolutely excellent. Expressing uh, and, and and Marcus Spears I- expressing the journey that these these people take to get to the NFL, never expecting what happened last night to happen to them. And uh, you know, and, and, I, and again, I told Mary, I said, the longer this goes on, uh, the more dire this outcome is likely going to be. And then when I think it was Joe Buck who mentioned CPR, I said, wow, this is even worse than I thought, and I knew it was pretty bad.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Dick, uh, hold on, if you would. uh, Dick Bowerly on the other end of the phone, uh, obviously my brother, but very, very longtime fan uh, of the Buffalo Bills. Had many years of uh, season tickets. Endured a lot of bad football, uh, but he was watching last night, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, reported on uh, Fox, Cincinnati. Blue lights are aglow across downtown Cincinnati from Paycor Stadium on the Ohio Riverfront to Fifth Third Bank's headquarters on Fountain Square as the nation watches and prays for Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin. That is just uh, an amazing story and, and and very, very touching. Dick, uh, you've watched a lot of football over the years. Obviously, you were aware, we all were aware that something very bad was going on when they kept going to commercials, 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 and, and the sports guys and ladies were put in a very um, untenable position. But the focus, the, the the close-ups, Dick of the Buffalo Bills after the injury, it it, it it almost did not need any narration. the The look on on Josh Allen's face. Was just it, it? It summarized everything right in that look.
4: And and Tre'Davious White, who was oh. obviously totally devastated by what he what he saw, and again he was on the field at the time. And one of the things that I mentioned to Mary, once it became apparent, like you mentioned, commercial, then another commercial, then another commercial, uh, it became it became apparent that the players that were on the field, they knew before anybody else just how severe and dangerous this situation was. You could just tell that they saw something that the cameras didn't pick up, that we weren't all allowed to see, and thank God for that.
0: No, they, I, I think uh, the broadcast crew, including the producers, did an excellent job. It's always People always like to go back and, and nitpick the broadcasters, but that is about as perfect a coverage of a tragic story as I've ever seen. They showed the replay enough so that people who'd missed it originally had a sense for the severity of what was going on, but they did not overdo it and they focused instead on the drama that was uh, that was unfolding and you know Dick another um, iconic moment from last night is the change in Stefan Diggs Uh, one minute rallying the troops fire in his eyes and the next minute tears rolling down his face.
4: Yeah, and I think that uh, all of us fans felt the same way. I mean, like any Bills fan, I was in full-on football mode. I mean, the game, you know, as advertised, two great teams, a lot at stake. Cincinnati drives down the field. The Bills then drive down the field. Cincinnati gets the ball again. They start to drive down the field. And as fans, we're like, okay, stop them, stop them. And then all of a sudden this happens. And all of a sudden the focus for me shifted from – Wondering, gee, is this game going to get played to like, no, there's something really, really bad here. And when they sent the teams off and claimed that they were going to get a five minute uh, interval to gather themselves, I told Mary, I said, there is no way this game can continue. This is that bad And the longer this goes, it's really, really bad. And as it turned out, uh, it is. And, you know, by the way, uh, an often uh, overlooked fact last night. uh, People seem to have forgotten, and I'm a little older, I admit it, uh, but I don't know, Tom, if you're aware of it, but in 1971 there was a wide receiver from the Detroit Lions, Chuck Hughes, who also died on the field. Yes,
0: yes. Yes. Uh, I shouldn't
4: say also died. I should simply say who had a cardiac situation. It was congenital. Nobody knew about it. And uh, after making a tackle, uh, he did pass away also on the field. Football is a dangerous sport. Uh, Daryl Stingley, I mean, you could go on, uh, Mike Utley, you could go on and on that bad things can happen on a football field, but like, like uh, Marcus Spears said last night, look it, we're players, we all sign up for this, we know that something like this is always potentially right around the corner, which I thought was a very interesting observation from a former player who was a very good one, by the way.
0: And just to point out, uh, there has been no change in the condition of DeMar hamlin he is alive he is in critical condition at the university of cincinnati medical center uh dick obviously at this point um any question about football would be uh, a superfluity um just closing thoughts from you on not only what we saw last night but the reaction from around the world of sports not just football but basketball
4: From everybody. I mean, uh, NFL stars, basketball stars, past and present, were all tweeting out, uh, you know, their their well wishes and their prayers uh, to DeMar. And, you know, one other thing, Tom, real quick, um, because I know the clock, (laughs) you you probably are aware, you know, I would not want to be in the NFL executive committee right now because whatever decision they make, somebody is going to hate it right i mean there is no right decision whatever they decide ultimately to do people are going some people are going to get mad and is it really fair that given the severity of this situation nobody really should get mad i mean they got to do what they got to do in the best interest of what they need to do but yet by the same token there has to be a big amount of sensitivity towards this particular situation i don't know what they're going to do i don't have a suggestion what they should do I, I, ju- I just don't know. But I don't envy them, and I'm glad I'm not on that committee. I'll tell you that.
0: No, oh, it's going to require a lot of input from the Players Association and uh, a lot of other people to make the right decision or the the, the most right decision with a very bad array of choices. Uh, Dick, thanks a lot for calling in. Uh, we'll talk to you hopefully under better circumstances.
4: Tom, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Uh,
0: my brother, Dick Bowerly, calling into the show. It, uh, Buffalo's Evening News with Tom Puckett coming up 6 to 7.